Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you for this night that you've given us, our time together around your word. And Lord, we just thank you for your blessings upon our country. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to be faithful in our service for you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. All right. And uh, why don't we start in First Timothy chapter two? Bounce around a little bit and uh, try to put uh, what has happened a little bit in biblical perspective, if we can, and. Uh, I guess if there was a title, uh, it would be, What Do We Do Now? Uh, we are not in the promised land. Uh, that doesn't happen till we get to heaven. Amen? Uh, till the Prince of Peace rules from the City of Peace. But I'll tell you this, I, I am glad of the outturn of the election. Not so much because uh, I adore uh, Mr. Trump's personality, but I am wearing a Trump tie tonight. Uh, I thought about wearing it to the polling place yesterday, but I figured, no, that might be pushing it just a little bit. And, uh, and no, by the way, we did not pay full price for this. Uh, you wait until they go on sale at the, uh, at the wholesale place. But anyway, verse 1 of chapter 2, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications... Prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so Paul is adjuring Timothy here as he is leading the church at Ephesus. And you'll have to remember that when Paul used the word king, he was actually referring to Caesar. And uh, this was not uh, a time of great freedom, especially for uh, Bible-believing people. This was a uh, a very dangerous time. In fact, it would only be a, a few years uh, uh, 12, 15 years at the very most before Nero would ascend to the throne and begin using Christians for human torches to light his gardens at night. That was the kind of perverse, uh, evil man that, that he was. And, and first of all, I want us to, to uh, I mean, we read what the Bible tells us to. Uh, we are to pray, we are to supplicate, that is earnest prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being thankful that the Clinton-Obama agenda has been soundly defeated. And just to give you an idea of this, uh, and point number two is, don't allow the protest... And they have global uh, or climate change deniers. We're going to call them Trump deniers. Uh, uh, we have people who still refuse to believe that he won the election. In fact, I saw some woman, that, a young woman that had 
He is not my president. Uh, and they like to make a big deal about the immigration uh, website to Canada crashed. And they're such liars. Miss Adams is, isn't that her name? Schumer, Amy Schumer. She's still here. Uh, who was the one that was going to go the last time? Uh, Sean Penn, still here. They'll always be still here because the money is still here. Uh, and, and we don't expect anything else other than people telling lies. It'd be nice if they did. They'd be, but they're not going to go anywhere. But I don't. You need to understand something. Don't allow the protesting. The same people that paid for the protesters during the election are paying for the protesters after the election. It, but they they are not going to take this line down, my friend. If you want to study history, we lost more freedom under President Ronald Reagan, his eight years in office, than we did at any other time in American history, with the exception of the Civil War, but that was temporary. And we need to understand that these people are still going to be busy. But let me just give you a little bit of, I haven't been able to do a lot of research but uh, I was listening, uh, just one more quip, I was, uh, Andrew and I were headed over to Union to get rid of that boiler today, and we heard the last little bit of uh, Mrs. Uh, Clinton's uh, speech uh, conceding the election, and it ended with, God bless America, and I told Andrew, he just did, amen, and uh, uh, in the fact that she was giving a concession speech, amen? That, that is a blessing to our country. Eighty percent was Mrs. Clinton's average polling in New York City. Eighty percent of the vote. Now, let me put that in perspective. In Brooklyn alone, I wasn't able to do all the counties, there just wasn't time. But in Brooklyn alone, that was over 400,000 votes that Mrs. Clinton got over Donald Trump. And the last that I could find, this, the separation was only 335,900 and some odd votes. So Brooklyn alone accounted for more than the difference in the popular vote. How many know how many counties are in New York State? How many? You, okay, you raise your I thought you studied that stuff. I had to look it up. 62 counties in New York State. You ought to remember that. It's important. We need to know these things. Do you know how many state, uh, counties in New York State Mr. Trump took? 46. Hillary Clinton only won 16 counties. Five of them being in the five boroughs of New York City. So that means outside New York City, she only got 11 of 41, uh, of uh, 11 of whatever 62 minus 5 is. What's that? 57. Uh, 11 of 57 counties outside New York City, which more than 
double accounts for the vote disparity, disparity between Mrs. Clinton and Mr. Trump. So do not let the deniers. This was a resounding victory, and may I offer my opinion, and it's simply my opinion as to why the pollsters had it so wrong. It's because they live in New York, and they live in Washington, and they can't imagine that anybody is any different than they are. And praise God, they were so wrong. Can we say amen to that? But I must tell you this. If your only source of encouragement is the outcome of the election, prepare to be disappointed. Because Mr. Trump is not a spiritual leader. By the way, George W. Bush was not. And and no president has been. And and I would like you to understand this as well. The Republican Party now holds more power than it has since the days of FDR. If you want to know what the stock market crash did, it was it brought in FDR and the Democrats, and they have had control over so much from 1932 until yesterday. And there are some things that we need to do. Paul just said, you need to pray. You, you need to pray harder than you've ever prayed before. Uh, because if, if I can... How many of you were here when we did the uh, series on alcohol in the Bible? Uh, some of you were... Uh, maybe I need to get that out again. That would probably be an interesting study to go through and see if we could get some more information. But... Let me just recount very quickly something here. Was the American people had changed through the revivals of, of, um, uh, of the turn of the century that in 1919 the Volstead Acts, a constitutional amendment was enacted prohibiting the sale and consumption of alcoholic beverage in the United States of America. Uh, It's prominent, most people refer to it as prohibition. Now, it lasted from the Volstead Act, 1919, up until FDR. And there was still a lot of battles going on and things were not... Uh, being enacted quite right or securely, I mean, uh, uh, fairly and across the board consistently. And, and so the American people put a man into office, a Republican. His name was Herbert Hoover. And Herbert Hoover, though he was not a Baptist, was a righteous man, was a believer in God, a believer in morality, And he had campaigned on upholding the Volstead Acts and and enforcing them and making America truly a dry country. And you know what? The first thing he did when he got into office was order a study. And when that was done, he ordered another one. He did not move on what he had promised to do. 
And therefore, he didn't have the support of the people that were behind him. And when the FDR machine moved in, there was nobody behind Herbert Hoover. He became a joke. He could have been. And, by the way, Herbert Hoover was right about the Depression and the stock market crash. If he had just left it alone, it would, we would have recovered the things that FDR did, study the history, elongated, deepened the Depression, made it more, much more difficult for the average American to pay his own bills. But that's what they wanted, government dependence. You know what? It's hard to live on your own. Amen? It's hard to pay your own bills. But the one thing we don't want is government dependence. And the one thing we do want is we want Mr. Trump to keep some of his promises. And there's only one way that's going to happen. If my people who are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. And Paul says here, listen, there's nothing wrong. Someone once said, well, I don't want to be selfish in my prayers. Well, wait a minute. Did you just read this passage in 1 Timothy? It said, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. You know what Paul was praying for here? Asking Timothy to lead the church in Ephesus to pray for? That Caesar would not make any laws that would hinder our ability to serve Jesus Christ. Do you know why the... Uh, people came here by the droves and religious freedom was one of the stalwarts of the founding of this nation was because people wanted to be able to worship God and remain unmolested in their worship to God. How many of you remember the stories? We've taught on it many times in Massachusetts where lands were confiscated because they wouldn't pay taxes to the Congregational Church, the State Church of the Colony of Massachusetts, where children were literally taken out of their homes and away from their parents because their parents refused to baptize them and put into homes where parents would raise them in the Congregational Church. And by the way, can you even find a Congregational Church today? How many know what happened to the Congregational Church? On about the turn of the last century after the Civil War, they began to move into social issues instead of the gospel, and they became the uh, Unitarian Church. They don't even believe in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit anymore. They don't believe in anything, really. Uh, Listen, we've got to understand something. We've got to encourage ourselves in the Lord. This is not salvation. This is a postponement. Let's take advantage of what God has given us. Can we say amen to that? And you pray. The the agenda was to move into churches and places and force us to accept sodomite marriage and practice sodomite marriage and give our sanction to it. Praise God, that's been put on hold. Most definitely. And the Supreme Court 
Don't pray these people die, but retirement wouldn't be a bad thing to pray for. Amen. And that Mr. Trump would get some justices in there that would make some decisions that would be toward the old Constitution rather than the new ways. This is their thing. And what we need to do is we need to pray that we can live peaceably and godly because the message of the gospel still needs to go. And I will tell you this, you can study it any time this nation has experienced revival, it has also experienced great economic success. Because the freedom that the Bible gives finds its way into every area of life. You can't stop it. I think it was Miguel Gorbachev, Gorbachev found that too late. He said, you cannot partial... uh, parcel out freedom. You either have it or you don't. And and that's why the entire Soviet system collapsed under his leadership because he tried to parcel freedom. But we need to remember that there are still some really fundamentally wrong things with our nation. How many of you remember the story of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah? Here's what the Bible said in 2 Kings 24.4. It says, And also for the innocent blood that he shed, for he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. The stain of the blood of the unborn will never be wiped away from this nation. Closing in on 60 million Babies. Imagine that. I mean, that's nearly eight times the population of New York City. It's insanity on a level that has not been known in history that I know about. But here is the answer. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 9. I want to spend a few minutes here. Because this is what we need to be doing. We, we need to pray. And as you're turning to Ezekiel, let's just go over a few prayer points. Can we do that? Number one, you need to pray that Mr. Trump will keep his word. And... Uh, Because there is going to be pressure put on him. How many of you are old enough to remember what they did to Ronald Reagan when he got elected? I I mean, I I remember what they did to Ronald Reagan. It it was incomprehensible. And uh, the press just constantly pressure. And he did not bend. How many of you remember what happened to President George W. Bush, how that every press meeting, there was someone there to ask him ridiculous questions and, and give foundation to lies that were told about him every time he appeared in public. And yet, in his last years, he folded on the issue of the bank bailout and all of that. And we're paying for that. And your grandkids, my great-grandkids, 
are still going to, if God gives us a country that long, are still going to be paying for those debts. And so we, we need to pray that he will stand up under the pressure that was there. You need to pray that Mr. Trump, President-elect Trump, I like that sound, uh, will get the absolute best and most honest men in his cabinet and as his advisors. We were driving home late last night and was listening to a couple of them on a, one of those late night talk show things. And uh, boy, if he keeps these guys on board, we'll have a lot to be thankful for. Because these, the men that we're talking said, we, are, we, we have been with his advisors. The one guy, uh, you weren't there for it. He said, I was the only guy that took Trump seriously. And he wanted to know what to do about the terrorist threat. And I told him. And uh, he said, he's going to do it. And so, you, you pray. These are things you need to pray for. That he will keep men like this. And I don't remember the guy's name, but God knows who his name is. Is to get the best and the most honest people to, to be his advisors. And that he would listen to them. And, and there's nothing wrong with praying about this. Mr. Trump needs to understand that people like us put him in office. You know who didn't show up this election period? The Democrats. They said six million Democrats, six million less voted this time than the last time. People stayed home. Well, you know who came out? People like us. All over this country. And you need to pray that somebody who's got his ear lets him know that there's a lot of people carrying Bibles voting for him and he needs to respect that book just like he tries to respect other people. Amen? I don't think there's anything wrong with encouraging you to pray for these things. But Ezekiel tells us what we do in a world. And, and I want you to be careful. This is what happened to Herbert Hoover. Everybody, the Christians and the people who were against alcohol said, <coughs> we've won the victory. We've defeated the foe. Everything's going to be good. And they stopped trying. And they stopped pushing. And they stopped working. And so did Herbert Hoover. And the whole thing imploded into the morass that we now have in this country. Start with me in verse 4 of Ezekiel. Let's start in verse 1. He cried also, Ezekiel 9, He cried also in my ears with a loud voice saying, Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near. And every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lieth toward the north. And every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. And one man among them was clothed with white linen and with a writer's inkhorn by his side. And they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed with linen, 
which had the writer's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city and through the midst of Jerusalem and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others, he said, In mine hearing, go ye after him throughout the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary. And they began at the ancient men which were before the house. And he said unto them, Defile the house, and fill the courts with the slain. Go ye forth. And they went forth and slew in the city. This was a vision that Ezekiel was seeing. It would have been carried out by the armies of Nebuchadnezzar just a very short time after he had this vision. Here's what he told him. He said, I want you to set a mark upon the men that sigh for the wickedness of the city. So, number one, what do we do now? You get serious about praying. And it's okay to be selfish. Pray that our freedoms will be extended. Pray that we'll be able to keep serving the Lord and getting the gospel out. I had somebody accuse me one time and says, Listen, you, 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 you're just feeding the bear that's going to eat you. Yeah, that's exactly correct. That's what happened to Paul in Rome. That's what happened to the Christians in the early centuries. It's what happened all down through the ages. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to keep winning as many people as I can to the Lord. And we, we need to see more people get saved. Amen? We need to pray about that. We, we need to pray like we've never prayed before. Be thankful. But keep praying. Number two, don't stop sighing for the sins of our nation and its leaders. Allow it to affect your heart and confess the sins of our nation to God. That's part of of that humbling process that God wants. It's when we think, as the Laodicean church, that everything is going to be good now, that that we're rich and increased with goods. The Bible says, God said, I'm sick with that. And so, let's not go there. Let's continue to pray. And what were the promises to the Philadelphia church? That's where we got our name. It says, for thou hast a little strength. Thou hast kept my word. Thou hast not denied my name. You know what? We can do that in these last days. Amen? We can keep his word. And we cannot deny his name. And I want you to understand something. The answer is still the same. And and if you're wondering, Pastor, but we're already doing that. Yeah. Because we're already doing what's right. And so now that we have a hope of a better president and, and better things happening, you know what? We just keep doing what's right. 
Amen? And that's what God wants our nation to do. That's what He wants His people to do. I wish I could get up and tell you something exciting and what. No, I don't, actually. What am I saying? We don't need anything new. We don't need anything exciting. We don't need... If you can't be motivated to serve God because of what's in this book, there's nothing that will motivate you in the right direction. We we need to be motivated by the Word of God to serve God. And you know what that's called? Faith. That's That's our theme this year. And yes, I I believe God has, not just us, but others, many, many others, He's rewarded our faith. But now is not the time to rejoice. Now is not the victory. We just have a postponement. So let's thank the Lord for that. Amen? Let's encourage ourselves in the Lord and in the work that He has called us to do. And let's pray. Let's pray for our president-elect, that he will not bow to the pressure, that he will get men who will be honest, who will do things right, who will follow through and have those men and women as his cabinet members and as his advisors. And let's pray for the sins of our nation. Don't stop sighing. That was the protection for the godly people in the city of Jerusalem in its most wicked days. And I believe God wants us to learn something. We never stop. You're not going to stop sin by going out there and adding to it. (laughs) Right? That's what all these protesters are doing. Not my president. Well, the only way that happens is you've got to get rid of your citizenship. And you need to wake up and realize that overall, we are at the tipping point. You take the average, you take the vote, and I mean, I think it's 47.4 to 47.7. You can't get much more even than that. And it can go the other way. Those six million Democrats that didn't vote, they show up. That's eight or ten percentage points, let me tell you. And so what we need to do is, as Paul said, supplications, prayers, intercession, giving of thanks. It's okay to be happy. And when you see someone that's really sad, don't say anything mean. Uh, Don't do that. It's not going to help. But there's nothing wrong with wearing a smile and being thankful that God has done good things. But pray. Sigh. And be faithful in your local church. Because that's still God's plan. 
it's still more important what's going on here. And we've got a lot of things happening. We're trying to get Brother Franz shipped out. We're, we're praying for this fall, uh, for fall of the next year, to start the Morris Park Bible Baptist Church. Uh, it's, it's going to take a miracle for that to happen. But God's in the miracle working business. We, we need people at Union Baptist Church. We need to get back in the building. And, and we need to fix that thing. And so we need wisdom because right now it's just taking so much time. Uh, we've we got to be able to slow that down a little bit. And, uh, and uh, pray for us next week as we go to Heartland. Because what we're doing is trying to encourage young men and women in the ministry to plan on moving this direction to serve the Lord in the Northeast. And uh, that means more churches. But, you know, every time somebody comes, uh, I don't want to quantify it this way, but Brother Newberger's cost us a lot of money. Really has. And there's an awful lot that has gone to him that's not from our church. Uh, it's it's been a very very expensive church plant, but that's okay. God has supplied every penny of it, and you need to pray that we can reap that investment. Amen. And it's not going to be cheap when Brother Franz goes, and we've got Brother uh, um, we got Leland Hale and his wife Rachel, who are already planning. To move back here to the city and start another church. And we want to encourage others. Every time we find one, guess what? The answer is in us giving what God wants us to give. But the bigger answer is getting more people in to give. Amen? And so, we need to see God grow His work here at Open Door. Union Baptist, Morris Park, and the other churches that God will let let, uh, be established. And so, let us be faithful in our service to the Lord. And remember to be thankful that she didn't win. Amen? Because the agenda that was going to be promoted was definitely going to go over the line of hindering our ability to serve God and live peaceably as he would have us to. And we need to pray that Mr. Trump doesn't bow to that pressure. And all God's people said. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight and we thank you for your goodness. We ask now that you would give us the ability to be faithful to you. To be faithful in our service for you in the church. Lord, to never stop sighing for the great sins of this nation. And Lord, that you would allow us to serve you and to see people saved in these last days. We ask, Lord, that you would direct us. And that you would bless us. That we may be your servants. We thank you for this opportunity that you have given us. This respite from the progression of 
of uh, the devaluation of God and morality and every good thing. Yet, Lord, they, these people are not going to take this lying down. They're going to they're going to fight for all they have. For this is their life to live against you and your word. And Lord, we ask that we might reap the few that will listen, that they will hear the gospel and be saved. Lord, we ask that you would make us faithful with those who will listen. And Lord, that we could just see your hand once again move forward in this nation. And in your name we pray. Before we finish that prayer, we'll just keep our heads bowed. If you'd like to join me with a prayer for our nation quietly at your seat or at the altar, you may.